can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we dive deep into spoiler territory on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite films and TV shows. This episode, we're going local.、Uh, we'll be talking about Hounds of Love, a movie that is set and filmed in Perth, Western Australia, which is where we currently are right now. Currently, <laughs> hey, I'm Reese. By the way, how's it going? And、um, I'm Howie, and we're both writers for IsolatedNation.com. We write about movies and That's TV.、Right. That's right, we do. We'll give you our thoughts on Hounds of Love, directed by first-time Perth filmmaker Ben Young.、Mm-hmm. But first, some movie news. Yeah, and、uh, you know, there's a bit of a theme with this one. People leaving, People... threatening to leave. <laughs> Things are falling apart in these big-time franchises. People aren't happy, Howie. <laughs> First, chaos.、It's、there's chaos. one. There's the one you've like probably already heard of because it's been in every fucking publication.、Uh, Phil and Phil Lord and Chris Miller.、Uh, yes, of, di- of Lego Movie fame and Twenty One Twenty Two Jump Street. That's right. Yeah, this these are this creative dynamic duo has been fired from the Young Han Solo film. They've been fired. It was a firing. It, I mean, at first. It was like creative differences. That's what they our, said. Our visions don't align. We wish、yeah. you well. Yeah,、Next、it was. Day, it, it was the the old like. It was amicable. Yeah, amicable. It was fine. It's like, hang on, this was eight months in. You filmed eighty percent of the movie. What do you mean it didn't align? You figured、yeah. that out earlier, right? But no, Variety, Hollywood Reporter. Next day,、uh, they were fired. Like they were canned, and they found out through Twitter as well.、Uh, pretty bad. You're kidding? No,、me. it's fuck. It's for real, man. What's the studio again? It's Lucasfilm. It's Disney. Oh, it's Disney. <laughs> yeah, you know they're doing Han Solo. <laughs> okay, it's coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah, and、uh, what else have we got? Oh, and、uh, not as important. Maybe won't nothing will come of it. But、um, Michelle Rodriguez, Rodriguez is expressing big time dissatisfaction with being in the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, and now it, this this is the big news. She keeps this it, is the bigger news. She keeps it real. She put it through an Instagram post. Just like it was a promotion for. F8 going on no F8 going digitally like hey download、oh, okay. F8 it was supposed to be just a standard procedure like hey check it out but she includes like yeah I don't think I'll be back for the next one if they don't start start showing the ladies some love in these films you know what I agree I agree、yeah. with her you you do you Michelle yeah well you know what her and Natalie Emmanuel they had like nothing to do especially. Natalie,、uh, Natalie Emmanuel. Yeah, she of really was a prop. Game of Thrones. Yeah, fame. She really was a fucking prop in that film. But yeah, she doesn't sound like she's too happy with that. Yeah, because they used to have.、Um, at, they at least used to have Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot,、mm-hmm. and、uh, when they had Paul Walker, they had that other chick. <laughs> That's right, Jordana Brewster. Jordana, Jordana Brewster. Yeah, but now she's gone because he's gone. Because he's gone. So、yeah. they're yeah lacking in the female characters department. That's a complete testosterone fest now. Yeah, Vin Diesel on the rocks, sucking up all the oxygen. Yeah, where's the la ladies in the familia? Nothing for me. Them do. It's not a real family. It's the rock and Vin Diesel sucking shit up, and、uh, Tyrese sometimes like making a wisecrack. That, actually, yeah, <laughs> that's really what it's going to become now. I'm actually more shook by this news than I am of the、uh, wait, Chris and Lord. Wait, no,、uh, wait. Chris and Phil. Yeah, Chris and Phil. We'll call him Chris and Lord、Phil. and Miller. Lord and Miller, Chris and Phil. We'll so, call him Lord and Miller. Yeah, yeah more, more shook by the Fast Eight 
news than in the Han Solo. Uh, yeah, Lord and Miller leaving Han Solo. But yeah. what do you think this means for Han Solo? Well, nothing good. I can tell you <laughs> that it's half. So wait, so they left halfway through the movie? More than halfway through, they'd shot I think eighty or ninety percent of the film. They had all that footage, and then yeah, they were fired. And the reasoning be- reasoning behind their firing was how they were approaching it was basically how they've approached their other films, like Lego Movie and the 21 Jump Street film, where it was like it was very meta. It was like very like comedic-centered. Lawrence Kasdan is writing this film, and he wrote uh, The Empire Strikes Back and The Force Awakens. And he's like a guy... He basically like gave the third dimension to Han Solo. Like, George Lucas thought him up, but Lawrence Kasdan like really brought him to life with Harrison mm. Ford. And his sensibilities on the film did not jive well at all with what Lord and Miller wanted to do with Han Solo. Uh, so there was like a big clash from day one. This is very interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a saying that TV is the writer's medium yeah. and movies uh, in you know, the, the big screen mm. are the director's medium. Yeah. And it seems like the writer in this case has more power than the filmmakers. Yeah. Than, you know, the directors. Yeah. In, with Star Wars. When you consider, like, sort of the context in this particular case, it makes sense. You know, he's, he's being as he literally has been writing Han Solo since the early, uh, late 70s. Uh, yes, yeah. that's right. So it's that as well. And also, they've had a problem with their... Because this is like a Star Wars story. So it's one of their one-off Star Wars films that's not connected to episode 9 or 8 or whatever, like ostensibly there's supposed to be standalone ones and the first one that's been out is obviously Rogue One. Yeah. But how they're approaching it is really weird because it's like there's supposed to be like things that like a director can play in the Star Wars sandbox. Yeah. But they're still restricting because they're like Rogue One was set moments before the first Star Wars so it's a prequel and so is this one, this young Han Solo. It's like a prequel to the first Star Wars. So it's like they're still tethered to the saga films in that way. Yeah, they're not really standalone. They're not standalone at all. It's like, yeah. are they trying to ease into that? They're not really living up to the promise that of what they were. They essentially another, you know, another installment of the franchise. Yeah, like and, part and, of the continuity and stuff. Like, hey, yeah. this is where this fits. But it's like this is it's supposed to be its own thing. Yeah, they no longer feel like independent spin-offs yeah. of the same universe. I mean, even Rogue One had lots of behind-the-scenes sort of troubles as well. Gareth Edwards was the director of that one. Yeah, and then they brought in... Uh, Tony Gilroy. That's right. To, to reshoot, like, 50% of the film. Yeah. And rewrite huge chunks of it. And he was, like, not in the editing bay, apparently, according to some stuff I read online. Like, from pretty reputable sources, like... Hearing from how Lord and Miller are fired... Yeah. ...without even being told that they were... That's pretty... ...makes those other stories even more likely to be true. Yeah. Like, there's right? definitely, like, fire. Yeah. That's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> if it's this bad where they're just being shut out and not even notified yeah. they have to find out through twitter that oh they're not working on the project anymore this doesn't bode well for star wars not for this film certainly because um even the guy who's playing han solo uh alden ironreich i think yeah. that's his name he actually went to kathleen kennedy who's like the architect yeah. of all these new star yes. wars films and he's he said to her look i'm kind of concerned about this because this han solo feels more like ace ventura than harrison ford you know what i'm saying and 
That's interesting. That because that is such an opposite direction of like a safe movie. Wait, 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 wait. So uh, Alden Einreich, yeah, went over their heads during this this during the movie. Yeah. So he so he essentially backstabbed Lord and Miller. Yeah. He was like, and said, "Hey, this looks weird." Yeah, I'm not really into this because did they cast him first, or did they get the directors first? Um, I'm actually not sure on that. I think the directors were cast. The directors were there first. I think they they had them first. Do they have any say in the casting? I don't know. I just wonder. Well, it's pretty shitty of him to yeah. go over the heads of the people who had a hand in bringing him on board. Yeah, but you got to wonder, like, what was going don't- on. Yeah, that he had to like go over their heads and say, "Hey, what, what's I'm not like happy with this." Y- yeah, but I guess he must have like raised his concerns with them first, obviously. But maybe he felt like he wasn't he wasn't getting any proper feedback from them, so it must have been like a desperate move. I and, guess. and also, what? Okay, look at their track record. Okay, look yeah. at the track record of uh, Lord Miller. Get after him. Uh, yes, yeah, so you've got. 21 and 22 Jump Street. Yeah. You've got the Lego movie. You got the Batman Lego movie. Oh, they didn't do that one. Oh, didn't they? No. Okay, so it's the three. Yeah, those three. But look, you know what you're getting into when you hired them. No shit. And you like, they, they. Why did you get them if yeah. you don't want kind of a funny take? Yeah, they're on not. Star Wars? They're not like yes men. They have a style. And I think Kathleen Kennedy wanted them to be yes men because I think the firing occurred. Because the idea was that after filming, they'd be shut out of the process, like, and there'd be reshoots, like what happened on Rogue One. I see. But they were like, oh, "Fuck you, Lego Movie, half a billion dollars." Yeah. Who thought the Lego Movie would be good, huh? Yeah. Nobody. But you... we made it a great film. It's you know. So I think they it's like troublesome. Yeah, they threw out their weight a bit. Like, hey, you can't just push us around. Like, you know. Yeah. We've done stuff. Like, we're not. We're not like laborers. Yeah, we're not hired guns. We're not hired guns, even though we're on this one film. But We're she, not Gareth hired guns. Yeah, Edwards. Gareth Edwards and stuff, which was another <laughs> odd choice for a standalone Star Wars. Very film. odd, just as odd as Colin Trevorrow. Oh, that's terrible. Which you know yeah. was directing the Star Wars movie after Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, look at the. You know what? The best thing about him is I think they'll there won't be any problems with him trying to have creative control over the movie. No, he'll just. Be more or less yes man. I yeah, guess. yeah. Just follow I mean, the look steps. at Jurassic World. Yeah, look at that movie. Yeah, no kind of unique. It felt like about a it. committee movie. It totally, yeah, totally did. So you know, good job there, I guess. Star Wars, <laughs> man. Uh, maybe it's not too late to get rid of him. But uh, anyway. maybe Lord and Miller could just do a Lego version of the Star Wars movie. You it know, would be the so, Han Solo movie. I imagine it would be so vicious. What are these standalone films for if not to experiment and be wacky? And be different, yeah. Like, they don't have to fit into the continuity. That's the whole point. Yeah. You yeah. know? So I think that's... It's like a have a cake and eat it too. Like, we want to keep making Star Wars films, but they have to fit together. And it's like, at a certain point, they have to stand alone. Like, n- no one wants to follow this shit consistently for in an indefinite period of time. Well, we'll see. I mean, we don't, but... <laughs> I mean, who are we kidding here? It's yeah, Star Wars. That's, that's true. That's true. But there is such a thing as milking something to death, and I think it's a good idea to like do experimental little films in the Star Wars verse. Like have it set like a thousand years prior to whatever, and just do Jedi, a Jedi like this one and done. Yeah, no, nah, this makes me lose faith in Star Wars, or you know, I guess Disney's you know inclination to experiment. Yeah. So, 
I don't think they'll ever do that. I mean, hearing this exactly like, but why would they like they they just want to? <laughs> of course, they just want to make money off this, so they're going to stick to like the iconography. Yeah, it, it feels like. But um, so then why just focus? Okay, if you want to keep making the same movies, just focus on making. <laughs> the same movies, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just make more of Star Wars, yeah. And, and in that case, and don't get people who would obviously not make like, yeah, <laughs> a generic movie. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand how they were hired because I, I, apparently from day one they just clashed. I guess the name recognition of the two of them, because like no one likes, like very few people, like I've read online, I feel the same way, like the idea of a young Han Solo film. Like I don't want to see a young Han Solo yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, not. It's not that I don't want to see it, but I just have no interest. It does, it's not interesting. The most interesting thing ha- happened to Han Solo happened from Star Wars onwards. Yeah, no one, no one's watching Star Wars and think, "Well, Star Wars, uh, Han Solo is so cool." What if he was younger? Like, yeah. What wouldn't he be so much cooler if he were younger? And it's like, but you you get all that information in the first Star Wars. It's yeah, like, he's a space pirate. Whatever, like, the, there's nothing to him. He's not supposed to be this special guy, yeah. like, with stories worth telling. Yeah. But, um, so, anyway, the, it's a bad idea, but Lord and Miller generates a lot of hype, I think. They, yeah. They've got, like, a name recognition where it's like, oh, okay, what are they going to do with it? And, you know, apparently it's kind of blown up in their face a little bit. So now they've got Ron Howard to replace uh, Lord and Miller. Yawn. Yawn. It's the most safe choice she, you could... I possibly he would actually be a better pick for star wars like a saga yeah Yeah. than a spin-off yeah i'm now like very uninterested in watching young han solo they've announced their intentions i think with the choice in ron howard because he's like a competent director yeah but he doesn't make like the most memorable films and I think a big part of why he was chosen as well, I think because he's very close to Lucasfilm, he made like a film for them. He made Willow, which I haven't seen. Mm. It's like a fantasy film. And he was in American Graffiti, which was George Lucas's feature before Star Wars, obviously. So like he's in that circle of, yeah, you know, yeah. he's uh, a choices. Friend. And he's the safest pick. Do, do he- you think maybe he's just, I feel like they're almost done at this point. So he's just here to um, tidy things up. You yeah, know what I mean, that's like what to rework is. yeah whatever mess they apparently that Miller and Lord created yeah. created. But on the plus on the plus side, there were some people saying there's a lot of usable footage that they had. <laughs> well, great. So it's like okay, so he's not redoing the entire thing. Well, fantastic. So he's just gonna yeah, I guess finish it off because they filmed the script and then they'd film scenes of improvisation because yeah. I think that's how Lord and Miller go. It's a lot of improv. That would be so. I want to watch that. Yeah. But Kazdan's like, you know, Lawrence Kazdan, no, you got to stick to this script I wrote, which apparently is a, a great script. This is gonna, so this it, is gonna fucking blow up on their faces because yeah. then it'll all be on the script. Because yeah. it, it's, if he's like, yeah, let's stick to the script. Well, hey, this Han Solo movie better be amazing because yeah. you just essentially got rid of your biggest asset. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, yeah, we'll see, I guess. I mean, yeah, I wonder if it'll still make its release date, uh, set for May 2018. Hmm. I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, how weird would it be as, like, an actor on that movie? You spend most of it with these two, and now this other guy comes in, and you've got to, like, readjust. Yeah, how weird is it, Alden Einreich? And, like, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. What did he... Did he say anything? No, he hasn't said anything. I imagine they're all pretty rattled about I this. I would... I imagine... Uh, Donald Glover would be bummed 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he would have had a great I thing think, with them. Yeah, he would have a. Would I, have his had sensibilities a good totally would jive with Lord and Miller. Yeah, but um, now it's Ron, Ron Howard coming in. But Ugh. you know, I guess they want a personality to like who's very mild mannered, nice guy, mm. which Ron Howard sort of strikes me as. If you watch him in interviews and stuff, he seems like very fatherly. So I think that was like a big part of it as well. They just want someone who can smoothly get it over the finish line. Yeah, that's that's the big part of why I'm just mentally yawning. <laughs> they just want a nice, safe, pipe-smoking man. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if we'll ever... We won't. We will never see a Lord and Miller cut. But uh, that would that would have been nice. I mean, because I was I was excited to see what that would bring to a Star Wars film. But it, I don't know. I mean, they say some people say it's garbage. Some people say it's great. Like who? But nobody can really know. All we know is that. I mean, they must have thought it was pretty bad because they know the shitstorm they would endure if they fired them this far into production. Yeah. The last time this happened with a major film was actually Superman number two, with Richard Donner, who directed the first Superman. He shot like 80% of it. He was fired for a comedic director. So they <laughs> refilmed much of the scenes. And then like in 2006, there was the Rich Donner cut where, you know, 36 years later, you could see what he... What was his, was his it better? Was. I haven't actually seen it. Oh. I downloaded it though. I'm going to give it a watch. Okay. But um, we'll see how that is. But I think it's apparently it's just a drastically different film. So this doesn't happen like... Reshoots are common, but this shit like never happens. I think, that's I, I think it's story. going to be like Rogue One and Ant-Man in a way that we see glimmers of a good movie and we can't help but wonder what would have been if they finished the movie. It'll, you know, it's like an Edgar Wright scenario. Yeah, it's like a, it'll be a salvage job. Yeah, you know? and you just... It, it's it's going to be... I think at the very least, it's going to feel frustrating. Yeah. that Which is what I felt with Rogue One. There, I was, yeah, I was. I like Rogue One. I liked it, but, but I was also intensely frustrated by it because it's not, it's not the war film that Gareth Edwards was like, yeah. <laughs> intending to make. It's such a, yeah, it felt like a hodgepodge. It was like Star Wars together. light. It yeah. was like diet Star Wars. Yeah, you know. Good luck. Good, to... good luck to Han Solo crew. Yeah, you know what? Don't be af- afraid to just you know what? release it in December. Yeah, you know what. I hope it fails. <laughs> that teach you to fire yeah, a yeah, visionary. Yeah, yeah. percentage. I hope no one watches this bullshit. <laughs> oh, everyone's gonna watch it, Howard. Okay, I hope I hope everyone watches like, doesn't it. Doesn't like it. Yes, I yeah. hope there is a, a Jar Jar Binks equivalent. That's and then news comes out that's um you know Lord and Miller tried to get rid of this character, but the screenwriter insisted. What if like young, that would be amazing? Young Han Solo ends up being the Jar Jar Binks of his own movie. I yes, please let that happen because I want them. You think you're invincible, Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, like we could do what we want. Just throw money at the problem. Yeah. Throw fifty million here. Just you see. It up. Yeah, you better check your ego. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, figure out how to do these like spin-off films. I would say you could avoid this kind of shit if you know you just had a clean slate and it was just like here's eighty million instead of two hundred million. Make a Star Wars. That'll never happen. That's, that'll never yeah, happen. that'll never happen. But, you know, you've got Star Wars. Why not have a risk? But no risks. Um, what else? What else could we add to that? I think that's pretty much. Yeah, that's it. that's it. Yeah. Um, uh, this whole situation kind of sucks. Uh, Lord and Miller are apparently, like, sort of re-looking at doing the Flash because originally they were tapped to do the Flash for Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. So apparently they've been in meetings and they got some free time now obviously <laughs> so but, 
I DC mean, is really good at getting rejects. Imagine from that, other like studios. <laughs> the Flash is brilliant, and Hansel is a piece of shit. <laughs> That'd be a nice little. That would be ironic. They should release the Flash the same time that Young Solo is out. If, yeah, just if quickly make it, it as quick as possible. Because <laughs> the Flash has had some problems getting directors. I think like, yeah, two that's or weird. three people have dropped from Yeah. It. Look, the Flash, is, the Flash can be a funny character. Yeah. As we've seen him, you know, glimpses of him in Justice League. Yeah. So He's supposed maybe. to be very lighthearted. Yeah. So that would be a good uh, thing. But, you know, who knows with Warner Brothers. They're touch and go with their filmmakers. I feel like they pretty much, for the most part, um, let their filmmakers use their style. Like, Batman v Superman's a piece of DC. shit. DC? Yeah, Batman v Superman no. stinks. Come on. But that's a, no. it's a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> yeah, but Wonder Woman is a Zack Snyder film, visually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it doesn't have his sensibilities at all. Of course, but yeah. this is a different case with dc mm-hmm. is that they're open to different directors adding their voices in because they don't know what their voice that's what is I mean. yeah, like yeah they don't they're that's lost the, that's they're just def- open to suggestions yeah. right now they're like uh yeah sure uh, you do what you want because we don't know what we are the last person just make us some it's, money it's like the last person in the room who had their ear is the one who is in charge now so, yeah and is successful like wonder woman yeah. Can you make it more like Wonder Woman? Can't you make it more like Wonder Woman? Yeah, yeah, the next the next <laughs> Can we Batman. Put Wonder Woman in here? Like what if she's in Gotham the, City? The next Batman film is like Batman in Themyscira. Yeah. Fuck, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, Batman. Oh, imagine like just Batman investigating a case in Themyscira. Yeah, just plop him in there because yeah. what everyone loved Wonder Woman, do that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's a bit haphazard too. Either way, it's not looking too good. I wouldn't put it past DC to do that, actually. <laughs> well, the but, way they go. You know. Yeah, enough trash in DC. But those <laughs> poor guys, they did Wonder Woman good. You guys they are all right. did. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, for Congratulations, real. DC. I want to see it one more time before it comes out of season. Yeah. That's how much I liked it. Anyway, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, um, dissatisfaction with F8. What do you think of that? Um, I like it. Yeah. it. You know, this is what I love about the Fast and Furious franchise. This... There's just this strange wackiness that blends the real world with their, you know, their movies, you're, their narrative. You're goddamn right about that, particularly between the conflict between The Rock and Vin Diesel. Yeah. Which was ostensibly, I'm using like air quotation marks, you guys can't see me, uh, ostensibly the conflict of F8, but if you'll notice, they're barely in a scene together in that film because they fucking hated each other. <laughs> During that yeah movie, like that was trying to separate them. There were rumors. I mean, people have come up when I said this to other people. Hey, do you know this that they were never in the same scene together? And I guess you know on the news, well, they kind of the rumors are going around that's like, oh, they hate each other. Yeah. But then some people are saying, oh, that's just a marketing stunt for uh, you know Furious Eight because they are versing each other. Yeah. In that movie, but come on. Then, as if they're that yeah. sophisticated. Yeah, and they're not actually versing each other because they're not in the same scenes. And they're not <laughs> actually that good in acting. Yeah, that. like, no one cares about seeing these two meatheads go head-to-head. Like, that's... No, we... No. I care if they're... I want them to go head-to-head, but that's the thing. In this movie, they don't... They're not even in the same scene to be yeah. hating on each other. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of the interesting thing about the yeah. real world trying to inform the movie, but in the movie it's not effective because they're actually not looking at each other. Yeah, like when they're head to head in the first movie that had The Rock and Vin Diesel, it was magnetic because they're just these two juggernauts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like fighting each other, you yeah. know? And but, it was the first time we see The Rock. Like, yeah. oh, The Rock's in this shit. 
But um, you know what? Get some ladies in there. I know. And get give, some ladies. So you know, me, I'm. This, I'm. This would be a great thing to give Michelle Rodriguez more to do. Yes. Than just be the girlfriend because she's been a part of it since the beginning, like since number one, and since then they've given her like fucking nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she's like she's been there longer than Tyrese, Ludacris, whatever the fuck, The Rock, and like you know. What have they done for her? Yeah, she's nothing. Nothing. She's just Vin Diesel's girlfriend. Yeah. It's the worst That's role her identity. possible. Yeah. So, like, of course... Like as Just like Jordana Booster's identity is Paul Walker's, you know, wife. Yeah, she's gone baby as mama. soon as he's out of the picture. Yeah. And I think this is this could be, like, a good way of her, like, trying to renegotiate, like, a better role in the film. Yeah. Like, she's playing a bit of hardball. I agree. Like, maybe I'll fucking I leave, you know, if you don't... Give me something to do. Do you think she saw Wonder Woman and she's like, oh shit, I want something like that. That's possible because <laughs> she just wrote this Instagram post like a few days ago. Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And like now people are like loving Wonder Woman and it is... It and is, it's a former, fa- you know, Fast 8 fam- family. It's, a, it's the kind of franchise that rightfully prides itself on its diversity. Yes. So if you're just going to give her the traditional role, that's sort of like at odds with that kind of progressive idea yeah definitely you know well um you know team michelle rodriguez yeah fuck yeah i hope she gets a better thing because i want to see her do something better i don't want to watch her like just speak these bland this bland dialogue and just stand in the background i think either way it'll work out for us this is what's good about it number one if she gets her way she gets a bigger role yeah or she gets more women in yeah but if she doesn't get her way, she leaves. And it's fine. And cause great. It's, yeah, because they don't use her well at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, and, like, I'm kind of tired of seeing her being tired on yeah. the, in, in the she, movie. She is done. She's so tired. F.H. Oh, my God. What I'm a, like, that's Mi- a, Michelle, get yeah, some sleep. That is a performance so wooden, it feels like a protest. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty remarkable. So, you know, I she think... She needs a nice nap. Yeah. In I'm, these movies. I'm glad she's, like, saying something. And I, I love the way she did it, too. She just put it in an Instagram post promoting... That is so baller. <laughs> it's, That's it so is, baller. It is a baller move. It's like, hey, just throwing it out there. Yeah. And, like, I think that kind of proves that she can get that huge reaction by putting a, it in an yeah. Instagram post. Yeah, yeah, people care. Yeah, she has clout. That's like, I have clout. Like, people are reacting to this, and I just put this in a hashtag. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? Like, people, people care. You should do something. Yeah. So I think that would be good part of like the negotiating for a better written part. Yeah. Then I hope I hope that happens. Be good. Sounds good. Cuz you know, as long as we're going to keep watching these fucking things, make, I will. Keep making them better. F9. Yeah, F9. <laughs> what the fuck are they going anyway. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Everything's all fine now. Thank you. <laughs> fine ladies. And it's like a on all all woman yeah. cast. You see now. the rock in a wig. Yeah. Somehow he's like still the please, centerpiece. No, please. He's in don't. a giant blonde wig. No. No, that won't happen. That'd be too stupid. Yeah. Speaking of wigs, mm-hmm. No, I don't have a good set of segue. As a transition. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the meat of this podcast, I guess. Yes, Hounds of Love. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited uh, to talk about this movie because it's filmed in Perth. Mm-hmm. It's based on a true story oh, that f- really happened yeah. in Perth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from a Perth director. Yeah. Uh, ben Young. And this is his directorial debut, I guess. Yes. So I guess I'll just quickly read the IMDb synopsis. Yeah. Vicky Maloney is randomly abducted from a suburban street by a disturbed couple. 
As she observes the dynamic between her captors, she quickly realizes she must drive a wedge between them if she is to survive. Now, said girl who's kidnapped is a schoolgirl. She's like in the last year of year twelve. Yeah, and the film kind of uh, begins with this shot. Uh, uh, mesmerizing but disturbing Very much so it, You know what it reminded me of? It was Nicholas Winding Refn Like Guy of Drive Yeah Neon Demon Yeah Like the synth beating music Yeah And the camera's just kind of Leering up these girls' skirts And like yep. Really getting in close slow motion Yeah It's kind of like A magnified male gaze But then They're teenage girls <laughs> Yeah We're put in The position of like Identifying with the stalkers Cause Yeah Cause they're just outside the school These uh, kidnappers They're just like stalkers like their prey kind of thing yeah and it's it is super uncomfortable like how he films that and it really just grabbed my attention yeah like from frame one i'm like oh my god like this is already got it because it's yeah it's just also shot so well that's what's disturbing about it yes this is a very uh a pretty beautiful movie actually yeah and very thoughtful with regards to its cinematography yeah you can tell like there is like a strong directorial voice yeah in, the, in this, this guy knows what he wants in certain scenes i think i mean with regards to directing with the writing it it gets a bit uh, i don't like it as much but we'll keep yeah, going visually into visually but visually that's... it's quite quite beautiful and it's a low budget as well and you know they they make the best of their resources because this is really just filmed in like a couple of houses and a, a street yeah and maybe a shop you know like yeah it's mostly 80 percent of it is in a house yeah but some of the overhead shots of, like, the suburban neighborhoods or, like, when he goes out to, like, a sort of secluded area to bury the bodies, the guy, he he really, like, imbues a, a specific kind of mood to it that's constantly unsettling, you know? Yeah. And that was very impressive. I was, I was It was not, like, a raggedy thing at all. Like, it was, it was great in that way. So pretty early on, she gets kidnapped by those guys. I mean, they're, they're established as, like, brutally raping and murdering young girls pretty much within the first 10 minutes yeah so how how it happens is you know it plays as it starts off as kind of a her storyline is kind of a, like a typical, typical teenage angst yeah storyline at the beginning you know because she's from a divorced family she mm-hmm. lives with her she stays with her mom two days a week yeah and she's angry at her mom because her mom is was the one that uh, left it. Yeah, that yeah. initiated the divorce. Yes. So she has this anger towards her, and uh, you know the mom's trying to relate to her do- her her daughter. Yeah, just trying and, to talk to her over dinner, and like yeah. her daughter's just not having it. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "I'm going to a party." Yeah. And th- uh, this is wait. We should also say it's set in the eighties, nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, yeah, so late eighties, and so she has this like eighties hairstyle. Yeah, the teenager. Yeah, and she's like, "I'm going to a party," and the mom's like, "Oh, you haven't." Uh, you plagiarized your yeah. You got your boyfriend to write your homework for you, so yeah. I can't let you go now. Yeah, and she's um she's you know like fuck you. Yeah, and she you know like any good teenager. Uh, goes anyway, mm-hmm. and that's when you know her life <laughs> shit shit get shit happens. Yeah, she uh she's approached by these two weirdos, but they're not strangers to us because we've seen what they've done to a girl already. Yeah, so it's already kind of pregnant with uh you know tension because yeah we want her to get away. But and do that... we do we ever get their names? Um, 
I don't know. Like, it's not spoken that much in That's the film. That's interesting. We'll talk about that later because this is actually... Obviously, this is based on actual serial killers. Yeah, I know they don't use the actual names of yeah. the killers. It's made-up names. Yeah. But the the sort of the conceit is the same, like a depraved couple kidnapping people. Yeah. Killing them. So, like, they approach her, like, while she's on the way to a party and they charm her enough. They're like, hey, you want to use our phone, have a joint or whatever? Yeah, and I like this uh, technique. Well, I don't like it, but it's fascinating to see how they lure her in right because yes if it's just a man mm-hmm. she would not have gotten into in in that car no because that guy looks like shady he looks seedy shady af yeah he's got the dead eyes he's got this full mustache and he's like a skinny little man like yeah everything about him reeks of unpleasantness yeah so what they do is they get the woman, his mm-hmm. girlfriend, to... She puts a friendly face on the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so we kind of... Yeah, so throughout when uh, this scene plays out, already the dread is s- seeping through because we we kind of know what they're going to do. Yes. You know, it's based on a true story and yeah. we know the premise of this, So it does, but it still doesn't change how intense it feels yes it's it's more about how they do it yeah yeah it's the timing of it and it's like it's yeah exactly it's the directorial sort of skills coming through and like establishing it because she takes them to the house and she's just waiting in the driveway waiting for a phone or whatever and she's just hanging out and you're thinking yeah there's still time to get out of there you can just walk away and then they let her in the house and then she's like okay and then the camera just lingers as she shuts the gate and you're like oh no she's so fucked yeah she had all that time to go and she's fucked like it's the way they turn the screws yeah the speed of which they do that is masterful even though you're watching pretty stock shit like you know couple picking up stranger girl but the just the way it's done is so magnificent that you're not even concerned about that yeah well just it. okay well just if i spoiler for this movie oh, of course we're gonna yeah cut deep cuts into this like okay. you, you watch it then you, you should listen. know by now like yeah well yeah you know who we are so yeah th- i agree it's masterful how how one little event leads to another and you feel frustrated or yeah you know mixed in with the tension because every there's just every little stage yeah. she goes through yes. that she could have just left yeah that's they take the time to show that yeah they take the time to show you oh if she had said oh okay oh your weed's not here okay i'm going to go yeah if she would have left at any particular point throughout uh it's you know it's kind of like god giving her red flags yeah yeah the signs are all there yeah like hey go now that's fishy and you know what they could have Like, he could have done the same sort of thing where they approach her on the road and she's walking. Hey, do you want to come? She hesitates. And then hard cut to her in their living room. There would be no tension whatsoever. But they could have done it that way, you know? They could have. But he knows what he's doing in regards to, like, making us feel very nervous for a situation. It feels realistic. It does, yeah. And it doesn't... Especially the small talk they make. Yeah. Like, and you know, this this is just a ruse. Like, she's literally, like... uh, hen in a fox house yeah you know, yeah flip the metaphor it's also very weird to 
recognize the streets that she's on. Yeah, that kind you of know, adds like, a layer of just like, oh, I've seen that house. I've this seen, architecture looks familiar. Yeah, I've know. seen the interior of this house that yeah. that her boyfriend lives in. I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, before. it's so familiar. It's like I've seen the suburb. Yeah, it makes it scary because it's like, oh, this is not in like America land or yeah. whatever, like where I've never been. Like I, I know this shit. I know what that pen looks like. I've seen that at the shops. Like you know, <laughs> the street that she walks down at night. I've walked down a yeah. street. Uh, suburby street like that yeah yeah exactly well she's in the living room yeah because you know eventually goes in the house and of course like they kind of keep her there with the promise of weed you know hey don't you want to smoke this and then of course she drinks like their goon and uh, (laughs) i i loved that scene because she they it's such a casual conversation yeah where it's like "Mm, you know hey you want to come in i've got some goon yeah yeah and she's like Oh, yeah, I drink Because, of course, a kid wants goon, yeah, you know, at yeah. that age. And she drinks the goon, and, you know, obviously it's drugged, and she starts getting woozy and sick and stuff like that. And she tries to stumble out, and there's this one great line where the guy is, like, sort of laughing at her stumbling, and he's like, they always go that way. Because the door's not that way, but she goes for what she thinks Did is the door. Did he say they always go that yeah, way? Yeah, he says they always Fuck. go, they always do that. So it's like, oh my God, they've done this, like, so, so many, many times. So many times. That it's now a joke? Yeah, it's like a little... It's just a gentle amusement. Uh, her fear is like a gentle amusement for them. Yeah. And um, we're sort of established, go back a bit earlier in the film, like of their routine. Like they're sort of uh, not normalized, but we kind of see what they do in their daily lives kind of thing. So they're mixing like her fear and they're like, oh, doing this again. And it's done in a way that's like very, you know, sort of potent. So obviously they grab, they grab her because, you know, drugs are making her woozy. And they take her to the bed where they chain her up and stuff and Ben Young makes the really I think it's my favourite shot in the whole film actually really interesting choice where he sort of places the camera there's a hallway to the bedroom that's open and there's a kitchen and we're in the kitchen we're seeing it from the kitchen yeah, yeah. it's this really like voyeuristic shot yeah like we're we're like watching it like in the house and yeah. what has it's happening and we can't do anything you know it's a it, I loved that shot it was it was really great. It's it so thrilling. good. There were a few shots like that throughout yeah. the movie too. Yeah. And and I I like that also what the shot does is lay out the floor plans of the house for you. We know the geography like, of the house. This is like, where, where the kitchen is yeah. related to the to the room so that you're also thinking about okay, if she's escaped, yeah. if she somehow breaks free, yeah. where can she go? Yeah, exactly. So we're like even more in her kind yeah. of situation. I think yeah, this reminds me of alien in a way yeah. that you know that opening those opening shots where it sets up this is where this is where this is this is yeah. where they'll go if yeah, they yeah. run yeah yeah and just like so it's clear in our heads that and that we're in that mindset it's of, very involving yeah it's absorbing from, yes very much that's a better word yes so obviously they chain her to the bed knock her out and stuff and then kind of curious she's not immediately sort of brutalized I mean, the, the the next day, the bloke just leaves the house to run errands or whatever. Yeah, and they take their time yeah. essentially torturing us because we're like, shit, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. And they're like, oh, you'll find out soon. But, yeah, it's like, know, but for now, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, the movie's taunting us yeah. and also letting us live in this dread. Yeah, and you sort of get you sort of acclimatized to the fucked up horrible nature of yeah. just that house and that couple. Because the next day, like, the woman uh, is offering, you know, the kidnapped girl, like, a drink. 
and she like she's like it's not drugs here and then she yeah. drinks it she offers her the drink she's changing the seat uh the sheets and it's all like very like kind of standard yeah i, I it's so weird it's i think you know i can imagine that this must happen in a lot a lot of captive situations where yeah, it's there would be down periods where yeah, like nothing's happening it's so mundane and they have to like give her water so yeah. that they don't like dehydrate or they have to change the seats because she pissed all over them which yeah she, i like that detail where she like literally wets the bed in that uh in that scene because you know she's terrified about yeah. what's ha- about to happen yeah so like there is from there on the film kind of has a lot of scenes between the girl and the kidnapped i mean the woman and the kidnapped girl and you're kind of privy to the psychology behind their relationship where she's sort of dependent on this guy, this like scumbag sort of guy. And like, that's sort of where the thread of the film sometimes started losing me because my problem with it was, I feel like the film made me uh, want to take too big of a leap, which was to kind of feel sympathy for their sort of fucked up relationship. That's yeah. yeah, I, I thought so too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not there. Like, you show me too much of their ugly brutality for me to, like, be interested in, like, what seems to be a pretty standard toxic relationship. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I... Yeah. Yeah, and it, and the film was making strange demands. At this point, it stopped... It was still kind of a thriller. Like, she was, like, looking for ways yeah, to get out yeah. and, you know, keep keep alive. But the film kind of shifts to the girlfriend's point of view at times. Definitely. And there are some parallels, like real obvious parallels between the girl holding the high school girl captive and the high school girl's mother. Like particularly how they both call her a little shit, like, you know, when she tries to leave the bed, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like... You think you think that's meant to I think kind that, of draw that's, that's comparisons some, yes. of like, they're not so different after they're, all, they're, that they're kind just, of thing? They're just sort of mothers. And she has kids, right? She like does. They, they make a point yeah, of her she saying does. she has her own kids. And yeah. it's like, I'm not buying this sort of... It's like a noble effort, I guess, to try and humanize them. But it's like, it's too much to ask I, of I, I don't buy that. I don't, because I don't it's like kind it. of It's that thing of, can you make a movie... You know, it's like, can you make a movie about how Hitler was bullied in high school? Yeah, it's the same no, kind I'm, of thing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like I'm, I'm not interested. No. Like, <laughs> And that's what I was worried about with... Um, especially with movies like this. Yes. Where it's, okay, it's kind of about the couple. Kind of about the perpetrators. But don't... I don't know. It's uh, I think there's a certain level. There's a line between humanizing them and asking me to like be invested. Yeah, it's like I you can make what... them feel human. Yes, but don't make me feel sympathy. Yeah, but this is interesting because the the movie it's complicated yeah. because the movie doesn't go there with the guy. Okay, no, um, but he you know the movie does go t- to lengths to give this woman who, you know, did horrific stuff... Just as brutal as he is. Yeah. Redemption. Yeah. Like, this... Okay, so this is based on a true story, all right, about real... The, the, these two couples. The woman is still alive to this day, actually. That's really... Yeah. It was a huge... Obviously, this doesn't happen in Perth that much. Yeah. So when it happened, it, you know, sent shockwaves. Shocked everybody. And this movie, I guess, um, because it's not a direct adaptation of what's, what actually happened, Mm -hmm. takes some artistic liberties, right? Because... The worst kind, though. That's the thing. It's like, let's just skip right to the ending. Because essentially, the plot of this movie is very simple. 
Yeah. Couple abducts girl, and then her family tries to look for her. She yes. tries to escape. Yeah. In the end, the girls escape. What's brilliant about this movie is how it plays with the in between plot points. How it's such a moment focused. Yes. Film. Yeah. Where it like sits us in that moment and lets it play out, and that's you know the the minutia. Yeah. In those interactions are what makes this movie so amazing. Yes. And how this director shoots. Yeah. It's car- it's actors and how you know the performances are amazing, mm-hmm. but when you get to the ending, that's this is the climax of the movie, right? Yeah. The woman killer. Yeah, they're at a point where she's okay. They're ready to kill her. Yeah, throughout the, this movie, they make her write these letters yeah. to her parents to yeah. say that she's run away. Yeah, so there's right? no scent to follow. Yeah, yeah. but what she, what she did was she you know put a she had like really basic. Code words in the letter. Wait, I guess. Can we can we just focus on that a bit? The code word thing. Yeah. What was that about? I think. What do you mean? What was that? Like, about? how did they decode that? I think she just capitalized the street. Oh, names. okay. And oh, so right. They're like, oh, they. She called them. Yeah. So at some point, that when she was captured, she sees the mail that they get, yes. and it's let's say. I don't know. It's like eighteen Miller Street, but it's 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 fascinating because she gets the wrong uh, number because they steal other people's. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I money. love that. That's a great detail. It's a good setup. Yeah. to this twist. Yes, because um, so so they um the the woman forces her to write a letter to her mom. Yeah. to say I love you. I'm just you know running away. Got my own life in Adelaide now. In, in Adelaide, yeah. of all places. Yeah. No offense to our Adelaide listeners. Yeah, if you just. She writes a letter, but she, I guess, coded in the the address. Yes, and of they, where she is, or, or where she thinks she is. Yeah. So when they get the letter, essentially the boyfriend yeah. figures it out. Yeah. Like, hey, this really basic. Hmm, I'll capitalize random places. Mm. And the killers thing. are none too bright because they didn't uh, see that kind of oddity of capitalizing. She things. stared. The woman stared at the letter for a long while. Yeah, and I was like, "What is she checking?" Yeah, yeah. Because that's like, if I were a kidnapper, that's the first thing I check. So yeah, she doesn't leave any clues in there. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, weird. Yeah, uh, she's not a particularly no, they're bright. Not smart people. They're not bright. Yeah. They're very like below average. They're almost inbred hicks at <laughs> their intelligence. Yeah. But, um, anyway, so the parents and the kid end up at the street. Yeah. So yeah, but the twist is. It's the wrong number. It's yeah. the wrong ho- like address. Yeah, so they're just it's across the, same, the road. Yeah, it's the same street, mm-hmm. but the wrong house number. Yes, and yeah, they're just. But they know the they're road. out there because they're screaming like, "Hey, hey, where is she?" she so yeah, they know they're there. It's like the you know, it's this play that's this big mom's intuition moment where yes. the mom screams her name because yeah. she's like. I know you're here, so yeah. she's. I forgot. They her make name, a point actually. of making Vicky. the dudes give up. Like, Vicky, yeah. The and dudes like, didn't no. even try. Actually, they didn't even shout her name. <laughs> they seem very dopey. Like, why am I here? Yeah, it was a weird. That was bad direction. Like, I thought, come on. Like, I understand your criticism. Yeah, but I kind of like that. It's oh, always been about the mom. Yeah, I mean, they do like very I like much that focus on focus. Her. Yeah, laser yeah. focus on her. Yeah, which you know, uh, it's a detriment uh, to people's believability in the end it worked for me but i can imagine for some people it took them out of the movie seeing the like the boyfriend and the dad just standing around yeah yeah, just doing nothing yeah anyway yeah so she screams and on inside the house she's in the kitchen and 
you know, the woman's got a knife over her throat telling her to shut up. Yeah. But you, the moment the mom screams her name, the woman cracks, right? Yeah. Because you see that she's like, she says th- throughout the movie, I, I bet she's not even looking for you. Yeah, she yeah. She tells the daughter. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, I think we're supposed to think she's a mom, yeah. you know, and this mom is actually here to, yeah. to look for her daughter. Yeah. And you see she's starting to crack, yeah. right? It's a really tense moment because you're like, how is she going to get out of this? Yeah. At that moment, the movie could go one or two ways. Mm-hmm. One, she kills a girl. She, yeah, she yeah. kills a girl, or the mom and her family leaves, and it's a tragic story of how she's never found. But she was this close. Yeah, yeah. It's you like know. it's that just missed it by that much. Yeah, it's that Game of Thrones, Arya Stark. Yeah, and like Mr. red wedding yeah. moment. Yeah, you know. So or. She gets away from the woman somehow and screams back. Yeah. And the mom hears her. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, they unite and the bad guys are foiled. Yeah. But the director decides to go on this other way mm-hmm. where it's the mom is beginning to give up. Yeah. And um, he, he milks it for all it's worth. Oh, like we, she's screened for a long while. Yeah, yeah, we're there, <laughs> and and we're at the um, point where we're like, come on, wrap up the film now. I think because it, it goes on a bit long. I think. I think they wrapped up. They wrapped up at the moment where we're like, mm, this is too much. Yes, and they just kind of okay, stop. Yeah, and then uh, okay, you can see it in the girl's eyes, like, fuck, I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna die now. That's true. And so the the woman killer um, forces her to take finish the pills that she was she was going to take yeah. but she's so despondent at this point where she's yeah. like you know what slit my throat kill me yeah. you want to do it stab me yeah i'm done i'm not going to do this for you yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. i know you're just gonna kill me so yeah i'm gonna make it hard for you yeah and the guy the man is still panicking right because the mom's still out there and she's yeah. like come on just kill her yeah kill her kill her it's already like, let's sake. do it why is it taking so long and so he you know it's that thing of like she can't do it yeah she can't do it yeah she won't do it obviously yeah like, she's lowering the knife yeah and then and then he comes in jumps on her so the man comes in and goes hey whatever i'll do it myself yeah and she like was gonna choke her to death yeah and and wait i think i think there was something where do, what does she do? She's just like walks what, away. What she does is she he's strangling her, yeah. and it's like she's nearly dead, but she ends up stabbing him in the back a few times. Yeah, but the reason she stabs him yes, is because that's not- sort of in the middle near the end of the film, he like kicks her dog to death because the dog keeps crapping in the house. Okay, obviously the dog's so, sort of a proxy for her kids because she doesn't have her kids. Okay. So remember she has that dog? Yes. And he ends up just brutalizing it to death right in front of her. So, like, she's obviously, like, maybe, like, harboring that rage against him. <laughs> of course. Like, because it's a brutal scene. And then, so anyway, she's, like, killing the girl. And then she just... First real sort of clear violence you see in the film. So it's, like, maximum impact. Yeah, when there the were a few him. gasps in the audience. Because though it's a violent film, much of the violence is off screen. You don't see it happen. And also, a lot of the violence is sexual violence. Yes. Whereas this one is... Just a st- hardcore stabbing. Yeah. Like multiple yeah. stabs. And, and just blood streaming yeah, down. You're not, you're not spared the sight of knife going into flesh. <laughs> okay? Because she does it a few times to yeah. him. And then he, like, slumps over dead. So then, she, in that sort of uh, chaos, she manages to get out the back door and leave. 
but stopping her is the mad woman with the bloodied knife, and you think, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing happens. She just kind of... No, she, she lets her go. She lets her go. And she runs out, and what in my opinion amazing scene yeah it's it's the emotional crescendo moment yeah. where her mom's almost driving away yeah and she stands in the middle of the road and the mom looks at the rearview mirror yeah. and and oh it's her daughter and yeah. they stop the car yeah and it's in slow motion joy division plays yeah and they uh you know, reunite <laughs> they run and hug each yeah. other amazing moment yeah but let's further explore this climax Mm -hmm. because i don't buy it i don't buy the woman's turn no neither do i that's that was like my big problem with it i didn't like that moment because yeah i didn't like that the film was trying to tell me that she was redeemed exactly letting her go i'm like this is ugly i don't like it also what's kind of frustrating with this really sudden turn yeah uh, and unexplained, unexplained yeah. Yeah. turn. And uh, is that y- they did it at the wrong time. Yeah. Like, it's the wrong it's moment. Com- it completely soured the reuniting moment for yeah, me. Yeah, because if they had made her turn, imagine this, right? If that moment where the mom yells for her name and you see her crack, mm-hmm. what if she had just let her go and run out the door? Yeah. At that moment, yeah. I would buy it. Yeah. I would buy it. Yeah. I'd be like, because it's like it makes sense in that yeah. sort of moment. In that moment, in that scene, it's genuine and it feels true to the character. Yeah, because they've said that. Yeah, because it's like if that didn't break her. Yeah, and if that didn't, you know, nothing would. Yeah, like, and that moment that was her at her her most vulnerable. Then. Yeah, you know, her most kind of emotional. Yeah, and if that didn't do it. The moment's gone. Why would instead of a kind of a passive role where yeah. she just lets go and lets the girl run out? Yeah, she now has to get a knife. Yeah, and stab her boyfriend, who is she is crazy in love with. I mean, in her crazy own in her love. own twisted way, yeah. right? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. It, it just, doesn't make yeah. any sense with how her character has been built up. To this point. Because the, the thing that you explained, that makes the most sense on a character level. But he, I felt like, and I didn't like this as much, he tossed that completely out the door in favor of just building tension. But it's either that or it implies to me that the only thing stopping her from being a redeemable person was her boyfriend. Which I don't like that message at all. Like, yeah. she'd be fine if it wasn't for a bad boyfriend. Like, I felt like there was sort of hints at the film that were telling me that. Well, well, that's what that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But I feel like that's such like an infuriatingly simplistic thing. Exactly. I don't like that at all. Like it, the the yeah. movie bends over backwards to make her a victim. Yeah. Which she is a victim to some extent. Yeah. Because you know when you think about and the movie tries to tell you this the movie's like yeah they were together when they were 13 you know like they they had no chance when it comes to abusive relationships like this Mm -hmm. if you become codependent for so long Mm -hmm. i understand how she is a victim of domestic abuse or like or an abusive relationship but 
she's also a murderer. She's a participant in <laughs> yeah. the most like depraved kind of shit. Yeah. And I kind of resented the film telling me that, oh, isn't that a beautiful... Like, the language of the film, at least, the ending. Oh, isn't it beautiful? She's kind of redeemed, and she gets to be reunited with her mother. Yeah. And I'm like, no, fuck that, no. (laughs) What is another point of frustration for the direction that this movie takes Mm -hmm. is that it rips the agency from the actual victim of this movie, which is Vicky, the girl, because... Essentially, the only reason she escapes is because her bad guys decided to let her go. Yeah. It's just, it's because one of the bad guys killed the other bad guy. And the other one was like... You can for no now. reason. Like, yeah. I mean, not. it's not that there's no reason to it, but... It's uh, very it, convenient. Yeah, exactly. It's conveniently timed as, as, as you can be. Yeah. And that they kind of make an effort in the middle of the film, at the start of the film, for Vicky, the person who got kidnapped to be very like crafty yeah and, like figure out a way to get out like yeah. it's robbed us of that satisfying catharsis of her finally outsmarting them yeah which much of the middle of the film kind of is like it's in the synopsis she tries to figure out how to drive a wedge yeah. between them so she escapes yeah. but that's not what it comes down to it comes down to just luck her having a sudden sudden moment of all right i'm gonna murder my boyfriend now yeah like, while your really mom is across the street yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all convenient, is it? Because then now he's gone and now I'll let you go. And there's no, like, you're right. There's no agency on the part of Vicky. Yeah. You know? So it's like not a satisfying ending as it, as it should be, I guess. You know? Yeah. Even though he, not... he films it nicely and there's good music, but the the writing didn't follow through yeah. from what the middle was promising, which was her being crafty and stuff. Exactly. And I, you yeah. can't hide behind the defense of, oh, it's a true story because it's not a true story that's like, okay so by. that's the another issue with this right because it's based on a true story but the changes okay what happened in real life do you notice how she escaped and things like that i don't know the details about so that. there's a chance i can could be wrong but obviously in real life there was a girl who yes. escaped yes but she didn't escape like this yeah because uh the man in real life both the man and the woman went to jail for it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, because of how she escaped, and how she escaped was she. I think she did manage to manipulate their dynamic. Yeah, you kind of play some mind games, and you know she got out yeah. on her own volition. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the IRL story is yeah. more rewarding, satisfying, as as sick as that. I mean, from a story storytelling yeah, perspective, from that, if it, you just if you had just taken your, you know, if you just taken your ending from what actually happened in real life, this would actually have been a better m- movie. Yeah, because, but they, but there you go. That's where we get to the crux of our main problem of it is that in trying to humanize this fundamentally horrible woman, they have to give her like a little character arc at the end too, and it kind of horribly clashes with Vicky's yeah. sort of arc. So what you get is this awkward ending where. They're trying to resolve both in a way, but it completely takes away the agency from Vicky, and it kind of gives it all to you know her, uh, her the yeah, killer, yeah. which is like I don't want to follow the killer like in this way. I wasn't waiting I'm for not, her. I'm not going to... in. I'm not going into Hounds of Love thinking I hope these killers are humanized and redeemed at the end, and it's all good. Like I draw a parallel to a film that came out last year called Green Room. I don't know if you guys, readers, have watched that. Yes, I love that. But movie. I love that film. It's sort of similar to this. Like, a punk rock band is playing at, like, a Nazi skinhead uh, venue. Yeah. And they stumble upon a murder, and they're locked in. So it's like a siege movie. They have to get out with all these, like, Nazi skinheads running the show. 
Now, the director makes this great choice of making the Nazi skinheads human beings, but doesn't sympathize with yes, them. Yes, it, it doesn't... They're believably evil and mundane, but you, you're not asked to, like, see it from their point of view kind of thing. Exactly. Because it's, it, that's too big of a leap when I'm trying to when I'm identifying with the protagonist trying to escape this horrible situation which you've made me feel like a lot of fear for yeah. like you've made me uncomfortable in wanting her to get out I can't be like just told okay we'll see it from you know she's in an abusive relationship she's just gone along with it it's like no yeah no like it's it pulls itself apart uh, in that way I feel like and it's such a shame which is really unfortunate because you know, 90% of this movie is amazing. Yes. That's what sucks about it. That's yeah. what makes the climax so frustrating because yes. you've got me. You got me until that point yeah. where her mom's screaming her name yeah. and a knife, you know, she's got a knife through her throat. At that point, it's I was right like, right there. Yeah. I, at that point, I was like, is she just going to scream anyway and die? You know, yeah. or something. I'm yeah. like, what is she going to do? I feel like that was the apex of the movie. Yeah. And it was all building. If the movie cut to black, then I would be like, I would have stood up and I would have clapped my hands and I'd be like, "Holy shit, this is a masterpiece!" It's a proud isn't it? Yeah. it was right there. That's why it's so frustrating. That's and then it just goes. It doesn't go downhill, but it deflates. I think itself. Yeah, it deflates it, yeah, from there, it does. but not in a way that oh, it's a climax, so it goes. The tension deflates. It just builds everything. It builds up. It kind of does a it disservice to it squanders it and yeah it's a shame because it makes me like not want to rewatch this yeah like i don't want to revisit it now because i kind of know it's going to this place where it chucks out a lot of the good tension it builds up you know yeah it just and it sort of makes it unsatisfying when she's getting reunited with her family when it theoretically that should be like the most sort of satisfying yeah scene in the film yeah but it's you're just kind of frustrated I liked it. I liked the reunion. I mean, uh, it was it was like emotional. Like they did he filmed it the best way yes. you could with that shitty sort of setup of what they did. So I, that's where like the strong direction is still coming through even when like the script kind of sucks at a, at a, at, a, at that point. I I'm going to like go take a guess here. This is kind of what I feel is the crux of the movie which is the tension between stylistic choice mm-hmm. and character development. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, this is, you know, Ben Young, he's going to be an amazing director. Oh, he's right? going places. He's going this, places. This movie, if nothing else, it's going to completely, like, open doors for him. Yeah. Like, for sure. It has already cemented him as a... Promising a, young a, talent. Yeah, like a visual director. Yeah. He, he is... You know, exceptional. You can see him borrowing from certain directors, but it's clear he's borrowing from the best. Yeah. And that's yeah. the way to do it, you know? Exactly. And I think the ending suffers from uh, the inclination for visual payoff than character payoff. Yeah. So that scene where she walks out with her knife amazing scene because it's a it's an amazing image yeah because it's a woman on, in a, in with the vacuum, a knife in yeah the vacuum it's exactly. amazing that's the thing i yeah. i feel like it's not in a vacuum that's <laughs> what won out yeah in and i also yeah i think in like writing her and directing her and the actress i think he fell in love with the character just a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> i think so i mean for sure actually because there's a scene where she's like in this sort of outfit and sort of dancing in front of a mirror and smoking it's totally out of place, but it's obviously like, okay, Ben Young likes to film this actress and like, she looks great. And she like, is good though. She's good in the, I she's mean, terrific in the yeah. film. Do you know what it reminded me of? Like 
there's this documentary about um, Charlie's Theron actually played her in a movie called Monster. Yeah, Mon- Patty Jenkins. Yeah, that's a based off a documentary I saw about like a woman killer. And the thing her eyes do, do, does, yeah. and the mannerisms, it was exactly like that, like the real life woman. Oh, okay. So it added that extra level of, oh, this is like, you know, kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> but obviously, like, Ben Young likes that character and likes her. And I think that sort of, you know, that obviously sort of nudged in to the character development and yeah. the payoffs and moments a bit. But I think that's just, when you're like a first time filmmaker, I guess. It's hard to, like, kind of reconcile a good character moment and what would be, like, an amazing visual. Even, like... Look, I'll, I'll give yeah. him a pass. Yeah, I mean, course, look, yeah. it's... Like, this is an amazing <laughs> debut, yeah, like, it's overall. it's almost perfect. That's why I'm just so mad. Yeah. Because it was so great. And yeah. then the obvious choice was chucked out. Yeah, it's the, you know, the instinct for visual awe worn yeah. out over character consistency yeah for sure and you know the the end was amazing it looked delicious yeah you know like the, the slow yeah the final slow motion was great yeah her holding the knife and like you said that is a terrific image it yeah. really is it's an awesome image yeah. but what we're thinking of from the audience perspective at that point is uh, what's going to happen? Why is she out there? Yeah. Why did she walk out there? Yeah. Is she going to stab her? Yeah. And then when she walks, lets her walk past, you're thinking, why, she why did she let her pass if she was going to let her pass anyway? Yeah. Why did she... She didn't even make a move on her. Yeah. She just shows up for the shot. She didn't even say anything. Let's her go. Yeah. And it's like, she shouldn't even be there. She or... shouldn't have. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, so... that, But that's just the ending. I mean, if I was going to give this overall at a 10 yeah Give it a seven with a strong seven me too yeah it's, seven yeah it it's incredibly well directed film and i think you should definitely check it out yeah it feels so good to watch a really good australian movie yeah and it makes me really happy that it's a perth movie it's yeah a, you know it's essentially a perth product yeah yeah for sure and it's it's awesome. It yeah. feels great. And there's great attention to detail to, like, the things we recognize, like the pencil cases in school. Yeah. And when they're in this shop, like, it's set... Like, there's a throwaway line of dialogue that says, it's December. And in the shop, they're playing, like, these old crappy Christmas hymns. And it, it has all those products that look like a few decades ago. That's right, yeah. It, and that was, like, really well done. Like, I thought, like, he, like, he made the most of his meager resources. Yeah. So it's part of what makes it so... Yeah, the universe that they're in feel real. And I also want to talk about this um, this scene. Uh, Well, these few scenes that take place from the mother's perspective outside of the the house that she's trapped in. The key scenes and is reminiscent of the Babadook, Mm -hmm. as someone points out pointed out to me. Yeah, of them going to the police Mm -hmm. and saying, "My daughter wouldn't do this." Uh, we need to find her now because she's in trouble. Yeah. And the police, you know, just goes, oh, whatever, I don't give a shit. Completely dismisses her, yeah. And that's, it just makes me feel like, I like that this movie took time to shed light on kind of that aspect of it. That kind of frustration when you feel like law enforcement isn't on your side. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they don't give a shit. 
yeah, there's just like Friday for them, and it's like, no, I know what's going on. They basically, it's like this annoying, condescending comment, like, this isn't New York City, people don't go missing here. And it's That's like, fuck you. The arrogance. <laughs> like, you the piece arrogance. of shit. Well, who are you? Are you a cop or what? Like, yeah, on. it's. They're the second villains in this movie. Yeah, they're utterly ineffectual. They literally they have nothing to do with her being rescued at all. Like, nothing. Like, yeah. I don't know if that was the case in the real life. I'm very curious about how much of this is true mm-hmm. and how much of this isn't. I don't mind that it's not exactly like how it happened. I mean, it doesn't advertise itself as such either. There's That's, no based on a true story. There was no direct uh, connection. You yeah. know, there was nothing that was explicitly connecting this movie to what happened in real life. Except it's, for the choice to set it in the 80s, which feels very deliberate. Yeah, That's true. very deliberate. Like, it kind of feels like it's inspired by yeah. this real-life event, which, you know, is, is worth thinking about, the ethics of it. Yeah, is, like, is this exploitative? Yeah. Because ultimately, the film has, like, nothing profound to say about that event. Like, no. it's, it's a thrill ride. Yeah, it's, it's a, a well-made thriller. Yeah. Uh, it's a well-made bunker thriller. Movie. Yeah, so you kind of get into the an interesting conversation where if you're adapting a real-life story, do you have to, like, imbue it with some kind of message or, like, really say something? Especially when you're talking about, like, real people who were raped and murdered, you know? Yeah, it's... Um... But, he, but he sort of pulls... It feels like... He's pulling back from that line by saying, well, you know, it's not real It's people. only loosely... You know, you know, uh, you know, not even use their names. Exactly. But it, uh, it that, didn't feels even, a, that feels a bit slimy, I, like, I, move to me, <laughs> personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for artistic license, yeah. you know. And I'm not condemning these choices, but it's just worth thinking about. Yeah. Of to what extent are we beholden to the victims of these events uh, that we're watching y- you know yeah or and like that we're if you're creating art to, yeah. to what extent are we beholden to them yeah. you know yeah and th- this film does muddy the waters it, it's hard d- to talk it about does. It by I having mean, it kind of but not really based on it yeah and essentially it's like it is an exploitation flick like we said like it's just about the emotion like yeah because i can't imagine right the victims sitting there and watching this movie. Yeah, no, I can't. It would be horrific. Yeah, you don't want to see. Not that this is not that this movie is for the victim slash victims yeah. of this, <laughs> you know, yeah. horrible, horrible there crime. Is, yeah, if there is like a purpose to this film, I think it is for Ben Young to be like, "Hey, look what I've got." Yeah, I and mean, look, you know, he's could, got it. And he's got it. So, but then you, it is, it's just iffy because what you have got is you're taking from real life people whose lives were like broken. Yeah. Eh, like it, it's hard. I don't have, I, I don't I, have an answer, but it does. I make don't me have lazy. an answer it makes either me lazy a little bit. Yeah. It, it's very powerful. It's powerful stuff, yeah. especially from, by you people who feel empathy live for a, here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is powerful in a sense that you do get a, just a taste of that terror. Yeah. Of being in that situation. Yeah. You know, he doesn't shy away. I mean, you don't see the violence, but it doesn't show away like with how, you know, horrible that kind of thing would be. Yeah. So yeah, um, but no, check check out the film. It's definitely strong stuff. If you can stomach something like this, it's definitely worth worth seeing. Yeah, and, we and should, if you yeah. you know support Perth, Australian, good, movies. especially when it's like this well made. Yeah, you know, it's worth checking out. Definitely. All right, I think we're doing. 
that's it for this episode. Um, let us know what you think of the movie if you saw it. If you're on SoundCloud, uh, tell us about it in the comments below. Yeah. Or email us at howie at isolatednation.com. Yeah. Uh, if you liked this episode, subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it. Until next time. Catch you later.